Hey, so, Re, I saw an online, like, video clip where they were talking to Josh Allen at, like, training camp. No, the Buffalo Bills Josh Allen. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills Josh Allen. Okay. Not, you know. I think uh, he's a, he's a cornerback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not, not yeah, not, not, not Green Beret Josh Allen. Mm. Um, and, but they're like, hey, you know, let me ask you a couple of questions. And uh, they're like, hey, you catch up on steak. Yeah. And what do you think Josh Allen, our precious boy, said? I mean, he probably gave a look of disgust. He did. He said, he said, absolutely not. He goes, in fact, he goes, like, ketchup is almost always disgusting. Now, that's a hot take. Well, I mean, I think generally, like, the tomato ketchup that you get in the United States, like, pro- highly processed that you get out of the plastic bottle, it does, like, I only like it on certain things for, like, nostalgia reasons. Like, if you want, like, like a highly acidic little sweet, like, sauce, there are much better things to put on than you know, tomato ketchup from Heinz or Hunts or wherever. Um, but you know, like I was, I was actually a little surprised that like the guy who grew up in like nowhere California and went to Wyoming was like, no, actually, ketchup not good. So I, there must be Haley Steinfeld rubbing off on him. You know, now I just imagine Josh Allen in the grocery store, like Mr. Burns, mm-hmm. ketchup, 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 ketchup. I, I I like this idea of like maybe Josh Allen uh, you know retires from the Bills and goes after Galarno's job as the new food critic for the Buffalo area. I would read what he has to say. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's never going to be like he's never going to catch anybody off guard, unless maybe he like he wears like a full costume. <laughs> he was like he puts what, he put he puts on like the Groucho Marx glass and and mustache. Which by the way, I I went to uh, our friend Brian Nowak's fundraiser like two weeks ago. And uh, Greg Oma, former county legislator, among other things he did, uh, came up to me and said, uh, I thought you were wearing a Groucho Marx thing with your glasses and your mustache. And he goes, or, or maybe, you know, because I was wearing a cap. He's like, you know, or like Super Mario. And uh, somebody sitting next to him said, do you just show up to places and insult people all the time? He goes, yeah, pretty much. He's like, no wonder you have no friends. Harsh. That's I mean, cold. I mean, to be fair. True, but I mean, I mean come on it, now. You know, I saw Greg going and talking to people. I didn't see anybody going and talk to Greg. He he should you know he should ha- he should channel some channel some Josh Allen energy. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like like Josh Allen, you know, he's just got that like fun loving like ah. Uh, Josh Allen will like kind of like bully you a little bit, but like as your friend, mm-hmm. like, like he's definitely like the. Now, I know this isn't the football preview episode, you know, and thank you for Taylor. Uh, I wasn't here, unfortunately, but thank you for Taylor for joining us uh, for that episode. But I have to ask, this is two straight cis males asking this question, but is Josh Allen tall or is he hot? The classic debate. Well, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. Is is he the Adam Driver of the NFL? Um, Yeah. And my my girlfriend has mentioned that the reason why she thinks Josh Allen is so popular around here uh, is because he looks like everybody's first dirt uh, dirt bag boyfriend from Maryvale. (laughs) <laughs> you know like like his hair could be a little bit better brushed his facial hair could be better groomed you know he's he's I mean, he's young looking it's gonna be interesting to see what like mid to late 30s josh allen looks like yeah um you know like i mean 
I, is he gonna is he gonna turn into like Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre type of graying? You know, is he gonna dye his hair like I assume Dan Marino does? Oh yeah, it looks pretty miserable on Marino. Yeah, I think. Okay, I think Josh Allen is hot enough. Because if he was if he was too hot, then I think people look at him with suspicion. But if he was ugly, they'd be like, "Oh, this guy, mm, keep it moving." But he's just hot enough. I mean, you know, being physically fit, being th- th- like, does a lot of work for people. I mean, like, if you take Josh Allen's face and like, you he's use- cute. He's cute. He's not. He's not hot. He's cute, and that's a secret to his. I think the secret to us is he's like disarming. He, he's he's cute because he's physically fit. You take his face and a, <laughs> AI and make that fucker like the same size as Donald Trump, and n- nobody's gonna be like, oh, he's kind of cute. They're gonna be like, you know, look at this, you know, private pile fucker. Welcome to the square. Uh, today it's Re and Diamond Jim. Yes, yes, and uh, you know it's it's today is our kickoff for the NFL, Jim. So we don't call it opening day, do we, for football? No, no. I mean, I guess thir- Thursday was actually the first the kickoff, but yeah, the, you know, I don't. Rec- it'd be a cold day in hell before I recognize the Thursday night football game. Uh, you know, baseball, hockey, um, basketball—they all have opening nights, opening days. I guess yeah. ba- baseball is the only one that really has opening day because they still play a lot of daytime games. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when's the last time you heard of like a daytime, like other than like Christmas for the NBA or and the only daytime NHL game ever is New Year's Day. The uh, I was, you know, scrolling through TikTok as I want to do and that classic Carlin bit where he does like the difference between football and baseball. It's like baseball. You go home. <laughs> football. You touch down. <laughs> um. So, of course, baseball, opening day, football, kickoff. And, uh, the Bills play the, the New York football Jets. Yep, the, the Ayahuasca Rogers. The, <laughs> well, we'll leave that for another podcast. You can yeah. talk about the sports or, or, or our, go back and listen to our you know, football preview episode. Yeah. But today, baby, we are talking about uh, everything else. Yeah. Politics, culture, the b- 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 you name it, yep. whatever other stuff that's not sports here, because we are not the sports podcast. Yeah, no, we're gonna, we're gonna we got some news to talk about. Uh, we're gonna, you know, pretend to have read the news so you guys don't have to even bother pretending. We're gonna half skim the news as we're recording sometimes. Yeah, and and we'll give you our instant takes. That's that's how you know it's genuine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. Do you think I came in here with an agenda? This is just like a real like. Oh, off the cuff, did I read it? Kind of. Do I have a reaction about it? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's the real deal. That's worth its weight in gold. Before we get into uh before we get into the hot political takes, Jim, this weekend I well did two things. One, we went to Nowhere Lounge. Yep. Uh got to see it during like business hours. Mm-hmm. Place is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Um, you know, he's he's obviously expanding, he's been very busy. Uh, they're open every night. You know, when we interviewed Jason, they were talking about, well, we'll be open like three or four days a week, you know, limited hours. They do cl- shut down about midnight, which is nice. I mean, you know, and, and they're in Kenmore. There's not a lot of, there's, I don't know, any many places that really stay open to like four in Kenmore. But, you know, and it was just going to be like him and his wife and maybe like one person. They definitely expanded the staff there. Uh, so, I mean, it's good to see it's being fully embraced. I mean, anytime I go there or, or go by, 
uh, when they're open. Pretty packed. Yeah, Nora Lounge, pretty sweet. I, I had a I had a busy weekend, man. I went to uh, went to the Banshee on Friday mm. for the Rugby World Cup uh, kickoff, New Zealand versus France. Sad, New Zealand lost, uh, but they lost the opening game. But it's just the first game. It's World Cup, whatever. They play more games. Uh, then we went to Nora Lounge, and then yesterday I uh, had a rugby game in South Buffalo Rugby. Won a lot of games this weekend. Pretty tight. And then Saturday night went to Music is Art, mm-hmm. which I didn't uh, listen. I will I'm gonna say it right here, uh, and I'm ashamed to say it, but I had never been to Music is Art. I used to go every year when mm-hmm. it was like you know, like Allen, and then you know, uh, it was at Albright Knox, uh, you know, a bunch of times. And there was a couple other spots that you know that they they moved it around for a little bit, and Albright Knox for a couple of years. And I used to go all the time. Uh, I haven't gone in years. I really I kind of hate uh, Riverworks. Got like no interest in go- like I've been there a couple of times. Food's terrible. Drinks are terrible. Beer's terrible. Like it's a nice location. I just wish almost literally anybody else in the city ran it. You got to let that hate out of your heart, Jim. I went with uh, a very good friend of mine and of course friend of the pod, mm-hmm. uh, Step Out Lauren, Lauren from Step Out Buffalo. And uh, yeah, it was fucking lit it was so cool so they did it at what they did is they did it between pegs park and riverworks so in pegs park they had you know bands playing they had vendors and tents and had fire dancers and this went all day i didn't get there till like eight o'clock at night was was brian higgins band playing or was he one of the fire dancers he was one of the fire dancers oh yeah yeah and my favorite part of the fire dancers while they were like i, I would assume some kind of professional troupe it wasn't so polished that they weren't dropping their hula hoops or their sticks at times. So it really added a level of, uh, you know, a level of danger to this. Cause it was like, Oh, they could drop the fire stick that they're twirling. Cause they did right. a, a few times, yep. enough times for me to be like, Oh shit. They, they flew directly from burning man to pegs park. <laughs> the direct flights. The, yeah. The direct flights from burning man to pegs park. And so pegs park. And then what was really cool is that they closed off the bridge over by Swanee House through traffic for the most part. So people actually crossed over the bridge. So it, it was walking over the bridge from Pegs Park over to Riverworks and over to the silos. I didn't make it into the silos, but apparently they had shows in the silos. And then Riverworks, which I hadn't... Listen, I'd been to Riverworks for... I think the last time was like... I can't even remember. A couple of years ago for a Halloween party or something. Whatever. I, I did not realize how much shit is in Riverworks. Yeah. Like, there's so many. They had, like, four dance floors, and they were all filled, and the shit was all free. There was no admission to it. I said in the Discord, Jim, it felt like like a real city kind of experience. It was that cool. So if you're ever like, oh, music is art, it's just kind of some concerts or whatever. No, it's a fucking extravaganza. Like, it's, yeah. like, one of the coolest, uh, one of the coolest things I've seen here. Yeah, I mean, they when, when they moved to Albright, that's when they really started to expand and do a lot more than just, like, you know, some random bands playing. I uh, went last night to Gay Bingo, you know, a, a thing that uh, there's a new book. There's a book series all of like cities all across the world called like 111 Things You Must Do in Austin or wherever the fuck city you're, you're in. Right. Um, and there's a version coming out for Buffalo or it just came out. Uh, and Gay Bingo is one of the things on there. Uh, if you haven't done Gay Bingo, it's at like an Amvet in Riverside. It's where it's always been. This is their 18th year. 
Uh, I haven't been since before the pandemic, but it was nice to get back there. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, um, you know, a lot of yelling at people. They, they have certain numbers get called. There's, there's songs or chants you have to do along with it. Um, and, you know, they, they do it once a month from, like, September to, like, May or June, and they take the summer off. You know, it's usually I think it doors at 6, starts at 7. But, you know, September and, you know, the, like the last couple of months, like May, June area, mm-hmm. you can usually kind of like roll up like real close to seven. The rest of the time, you better get there early because they will sell out. Uh, and, like, you know, I think October is usually the busiest month because they always have a theme every month and like people dress up in costumes. So, you know, October, definitely lots of people showing up in costume. Uh, but, yeah, it's something I would highly recommend people do that, like, you get a chance to do. And, and you know, the money goes to a good cause. It's a, it's a fundraiser um, for uh, an organization that uh, helps individuals who are battling HIV and AIDS and helps, like, fund, like, uh, donations to you know, other associated organizations and uh, even some money for, like, research uh, fighting this epidemic. So, um, you know, it's a great cause. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's pretty – it's a little weird – uh, and that, like, like I don't know that I would have guessed, like, an Amvets in Riverside would have been a place that would, like, hell yeah, bring your droid queens and do bingo. But, like, certainly embrace it. So, I mean, you know. Department of Health was there yesterday handing out uh, condoms and lube. You can be a Joe Golombek voter and also love drag queens. Yeah. That's, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool shit that's happening around here, really. We are, uh, at, people, you know. Listen, I know there's a lot of poo-pooing of the, the Buffalo Renaissance, and I, and I get it. There's a lot of poverty around here. All right, that sucks. But there is a lot of cool shit. You can't dispute that. I mean, oh, yeah. Well, especially, like, you know, we're still in, like, basically Buffalo summer. And so, yeah, I mean, there is a lot of stuff that happens. There's a lot of stuff that you can do. I think you could, there, that was even true, like, you know, when we were poor uh, or poorer. But, like, you know, I think the, the Renaissance, like, poo-pooing the Renaissance is correct in that, like, it's it's not this you know rising tides lift all boats. It's you know rising tides only lift the boats that were already way ahead of everybody. But it's nice that we have some cool stuff to do. Right. I think we had cool stuff to do before that too. Right. I mean, I, I do think of the Adam Ziegler's cartoon where it's like half of the buffalo is like a big vibrant buffalo, the other half is like you know emaciated and dying. Right. I mean, like it would be nice if they moved music art to the east side. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was one of the things that I remember a years ago. This is probably 15, 20 years ago. You know, Arts and Miles Affair, uh, which you know used to be a, a not quite annual uh, fundraiser. Um, they did it at like the parking ramp at the Broadway market one year. Mm. Um, you know, and just, you know, try to like and they tried to move around the city and try to do it in areas so that they did spread the wealth a little bit. I mean, they were also at the Tri-Main Center, like before the Tri-Main Center was like this home to like all these nonprofits and like a business incubator. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think there's an opportunity for people to do that there. Yeah. So. I mean, that being said, like the first ward is not some like historically no well-to-do community. No, like, no, come on now. no. I mean, and, and you know, there are, like there are events in the East Side, like, you know, that's like you you know, especially during the summer, like MLK Park is very busy. That's true. So that's true. Well, that was uh, <laughs> that was the the culture section of the show. Yeah. Um, no, or just fun shit that we've done this weekend. Right. Yeah. So now, now the rest of this is for you, uncultured slobs. Right. I, I, Jim, I feel like there's like a certain amount of people who live vicariously through us, and you know, we've got to we've got to throw them a bone about the cool shit that we actually do before we talk about like the uh, the nerd shit of politics. So. Yeah. 
Uh, just kidding. We love you. Right. We yeah, love so you, political. One of the cool things I, I do is go to political fundraisers and get insulted <laughs> by a former Incredible. county legislator. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of the county, we, yeah. we should we should talk about our, would you call him embattled, county executive, Jim? He's not having a great end to his summer. I'll tell you that. Mark, 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 Mark. What do we do with you? What uh, what do I, I think a lot of people found out recently that Mark Polencar is in fact single, or or like not married. Yeah, because you know he's one of those guys where you'd think, oh okay, I I don't know if I've ever seen him with his wife or partner, but maybe she stays out of the public eye. But but as it turns out, you know you can't you can't tie a good Mark down. I mean, he was married at one point, right? But not anymore. Like I said, you can't tie a good Mark down. Yeah. Um, and he, so he just has so much love to give. Yes, yes, and and all right. Before people, before people get mad that we're joking around, like okay, so there was uh, accusations recently about Mark Polencar's um, accosting. I, I think would be a fair. I mean, way. There was there was a police report filed. There, I mean, so I mean, it's, it's more a little bit more serious than just like accusations. It was, this is you know there was a police report filed, but there was no charges brought. Um, you know, I was talking to my mother who's in her 60s and lives in the suburbs and she's generally pretty favorable for polling cars her issue with this in a lot of ways is that polling cars at his press conference if he had come out more contrite and said look you know it was a bad breakup you know i, I feel bad about it things didn't work out you know like you know i i think you know maybe it, it got out, it got out of hand or it got overblown but like you know i, I feel bad but instead he did what he does sometimes, which is he comes out more defensive. Like he doesn't have fucking time for you to bother him with these questions. And he was like, he was like, everybody's had bad breakups, and he was much more curt about it than appearing to be like, and 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 maybe that's one of the ways that maybe he, he was trying to deal emotionally with a, a difficult situation. But as somebody who's a public facing persona, he didn't come off as though like he was sad or hurt about it. He was came off as that he was annoyed that he even had to bother, like, like, like that you could even bother question him about his life. Yeah, it's strange <clears throat> with Paul and Cars because his personal life has been so, like, crazily scrutinized by a certain sect of right wing weirdos mm -hmm. who are. I mean, again, we talked about at length when you know what somebody came to his house and he had the gun. Yeah, a few year, a couple years back, um, the nonstop just social media barrage that he faces constantly. So, on one level, I, I'm almost sympathetic to the fact that he may have felt like this is just another thing that these people who are terribly in bad faith are trying to attack him with, and not for nothing. Chrissy Casilio has in fact done that <laughs> has in fact turned this uh jujitsu this into uh how can we attack mark Poland cars for his personal but, life yet again but i think with the different i think the main difference here is that like yes that's certainly true and you know we knew that like ec gop and casilio campaign were going to turn this into like a total bad faith, faith actor but there were people who are asking questions who have defended him or been supporters for a long time and rather than respect the fact that these people had questions that he was dealing with and that they must have had concerns and that they had concerns that they voiced to him in his campaign, 
when it came out to answering questions in the press, even though they, they, they were basically asking questions. And I think this time, like the pre- in good faith, as opposed to like th- this wasn't like, you know, Mike Crocker, it, you know, you know, pretending to have like a Channel Four news sign on, like like an old school like hat that just said "press" sticking out of it, like all right. So like people who have like generally given him for the most part, you know, a pretty good ride and the benefit of the doubt, asking some questions, I I think were very reasonable, and you know he yeah he treated them like you know like the shitheads who do interact with him on Twitter, and you know are bad faith actors at best. Yeah, and. Uh, again, this is sort of, and and I hear you, right? Like, just like your mom said, I think there was a level of contrition that he should have demonstrated as a public-facing figure to kind of garner sympathy. But then again, this, I don't want to say assault, but I, I want to say, like, barrage of things continued uh, with the story that came out in the Buffalo News. Poland cars denies improperly awarding county funds to cultural group but uh, run by woman he dated. So it was a $60,000 grant uh, that was, was it the um, Centro Cultural Italiano, the Italian cultural group yep. in North Buffalo? Um, they suggested it was inappropriate because Poland Cars, <laughs> who was not married, Charlie Speck, <laughs> who was not married, was at one point in a relationship with one of the organization's leaders. So, yeah, but, okay, but here's the thing about this. Like, the initial ask from them was for eighty thousand dollars. Poland cars in his proposed budget cut it to like eight grand, and then the county legislature, independent of him, raised it up to sixty grand. It actually looks like if you look at it, like Poland cars knew that it would look bad. The optics would look bad if he gave this this organization money. So he instead of fa- giving them favoritism, he probably overly punished them, and that's why the county ledge had to come in and like up the amount. Because like, and they didn't up it by a little bit. They upped it from, like I said, roughly eight grand to like sixty. Poland cars, like you know, like I can understand like anybody asking him that line of questioning why he'd be frustrated that, that they're definitely not asking it in good faith. Right. Well, and it appears that this story was also tied to the first story. Yes, because the woman who was involved in the imbruglio in the is, first event is the one who made the complaint. Is the one who made the complaint about this. So, I mean. Again, I'm not discounting what that individual said about Mark Polenkar's behavior, um, but if I'm Mark Polenkar, and one of the first things he said in response to the Souther story was, I'm not going to talk about my personal life. He feels like they're using this as a lever against him. So whatever whatever Mark is slinging around, um, you know, it, it feels like there's a lot of people looking to pounce on him for it. I mean, if you're him, if you're him, that's what I'm saying. I mean, but okay, but I also like, oh, I'm not going to talk about my personal life. Well, you know what? As an elected official, like, yeah, and you're not new to being an elected official. Sorry, but like, that is part of like what people can talk about about you. Like, look, like they don't have, like, Chrissy Casilio, who's running against them, doesn't have any kind of like government record to, to run on and, and work on. Like, they might not openly attack her, his campaign about her saying, you know, insane shit on Twitter and Facebook like, you know, Damar Hamlin's been replaced by a body double. <laughs> but they're going to have like, you know, their surrogates attack her. And that's something she said in her personal life. Like, it's an insane thing she said, but like she didn't have like a press conference like when she was a nobody and said, hey, by the way, just want to let everybody know Damar Hamlin died and they replaced him with a body double. It, it, they they are very easy and like and will 
uh, attack people for what they do in their personal lives. And so, like, he has to talk about his personal life, too. And oh. Oh, oh, even even if they and, and also even if they weren't going to attack other people in their personal lives, that is not how it works in politics and it hasn't worked in politics pretty much for fucking ever. You can't just be like, uh, I don't talk about that. Like that is like that's like the fucking like you know college head coach of like a football team saying like oh that that's something that we talk about only inside the locker room. Well, if there is anybody who'd like to talk more about about Mark Polencar's personal life, Chrissy Casilio actually set up a hotline where you can call in and you can let people know about about Mark Polencar's, uh, as I said in the Discord, laying pipe. So yeah. if you if you want to report that, hey, Mark Polencar's, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Got it in again. You can call the hotline, right? That's uh, to, that you have pictures of him dressed up like a Chippendale. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Oh Mark, well, and and he could talk about all this too at the the debate coming up now. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a, a great debate. I, this is going to be must must watch television. Almost certainly, yeah. almost certainly. You you do not want to miss this debate. I. I don't know what I'm looking forward to more, like Chrissy Casilio just throwing whatever insane innuendo, you know, listen, backed up by obviously a real mm-hmm. police report and, you know, some, again, as we just discussed, some stuff. Uh, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot more innuendo thrown around versus Mark Polencar is getting really pissy about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the last debate I went to in person was like it was like the three way mayoral debate between. Byron, Sergio Rodriguez, and Bernie Tolbert. Uh, and the main thing I remember was that the, the mayor clearly could not have cared less about what was going on. Like it didn't, like didn't matter to him whatsoever. Uh, and also, it was about a million fucking degrees in there, and there was no air conditioning. You know, I'm sad Sergio didn't stick around and become like he he was on track to be like the Ron Paul figure of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. If he would have just stayed a little bit more in the public eye, instead, you know, he went off and got a job and. Kind of faded into obscurity a little bit, but it's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, but what is here, Jim, is uh, Governor Kathy Hochul uh, signing into law legislation uh, that bans captive audience presentations by by corporations. Right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's basically a pro union measure. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, what it means is that you can't be uh, punished now if you work in an organization and you're going to be unionizing or you are in a union. And the leadership wants to make you, you know, see a presentation or listen to speakers or watch a fucking video that's anti-union. You know, before they could say, if you refuse, you know, they could discipline you, fire you, your pip, whatever. Uh, now they're like, hey, you you can't force them to do that. You, you can't. That, that's not that's not something you can just, you know, tell somebody that they must do because uh, it's not relevant to their job. How big of a deal do you think this is? I think it's. A fairly decent deal because we're seeing, you know, a, a recent kind of uptick or growth in unions. Unions are much more favorable in, among like Gen Z. Um, so, you know, hopefully that continues. Uh, it's also significant that, you know, it's the first time basically since she's taken over like or since she's been reelected as governor that Kathy Hochul's done like anything remotely towards like the left base. It, it was one of those things where it's like, that, that's interesting. I don't know how big of an impact it'll have practically. It, it feels, it almost feels as though like she's throwing a bone um, to the left base, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a lot more 
I mean, I impactful. And, yeah, I mean, I look. I think like I don't want to like dismiss how impactful it is because like, like corporations wanted this. Or, or they want to have these captive audience meetings. Like it's especially because like now that you're seeing organizations, you know, you know, like, like we're seeing like Starbucks, right? And so it's not something that's a normal like necessarily forty hours a week. You get PTO, you get you know benefits type of jobs that are unionizing. Now you're seeing more of a workforce that relies upon like, you know, that the scheduling of their employer and, that, and like that they are given like preferential treatment so they can get enough hours so they can live. And so when you see something like that, it would be very easy for a Starbucks if they say, okay, you know, you have to sit at this meeting. And if you don't show up, then like, we're not going to fire you because we don't want to pay you unemployment. But instead of getting 25 hours a week, we're just going to cut you to like 12, you know, or like we'll do the math to figure out wh- however many numbers we can cut your hours a week that the uh, Department of Labor won't consider a constructive dismissal and minimize, how, like, a, as a punishment for not doing what we want. Like, and those are the organizations where you're seeing, like, the growth in unions where people aren't working those traditional 40-hour weeks with the, the benefits and, and the whole package. Mm. Uh, and so, like, I think, that, like, you're really taking away a pretty strong leverage point from, from them. So I, I think it's actually more... I don't want to dismiss it as not being important because... It's this. She's not doing this because, like, you know, Ford is thinking about like not letting the UAW in anymore. Yeah, and they're doing this because you know we're the growth in unions we're seeing is more in the service industry, and those are positions where, you know, the schedule is much more up to the schedule makers. I mean, not for nothing. I also think you're probably not a great business if you're constantly barraging your employees with anti-union propaganda as opposed to I don't know actual work-related tasks. You know what I mean? Like, the, I get it. You're worried about your unionizing workforce. You could have valid concerns about that if you're an employer. I understand. But also, I mean, there are other constructive things that you could do. I mean, you say that, but look at what fucking Starbucks is doing. No, I, I, I get it. That's, that's part of the reason why I think Starbucks is not a... I mean, they're a multi-billion dollar corporation, so who the hell am I? But also, I think that on an organizational level, that they shit their pants and they instead of thinking about like hey how do we make this place better for our employees so as to not have them unionize instead they went the other direction and you know tried to crack the whip and they are uh yeah <laughs> they're they're paying for it but i mean i mean to be fair like look i mean to be fair to that like these are people who got their mbas probably at like all the top you know top universities across the country they don't teach you how to be a good person there in fact they teach you the exact opposite so like none of them have any idea how they can make like lives for their employees better because that's not something they ever gave a shit about. It, it for them it's much makes much more sense and is a lot easier to just crack the whip on the anti-union thing than to try to learn like a brand new skill that they have no idea how they could possibly ever do it with people they have no empathy for. Yeah, yeah, and you know again we're we're seeing that play out in real time how the Starbucks unionization efforts and unionization efforts in the service industry across country are going. Um, but, you know, this is an interesting wrinkle in it, and uh, we'll see if that has what kind of impact, if any, it has mm-hmm. here in New York. But on the local level, Jim, you know, we corporations are worried about union invaders. And, and Joe 
or I'm sorry, not Joe Larigo. <laughs> Ralph Larigo. Joe Larigo's got other concerns right now. Joe Larigo is worried about different things. Mm-hmm. Ralph Larigo is worried about invaders into the conservative party. Right, yeah, uh, the the old party rating issue that people have always been concerned about. He's a big WoW guy, right? That's what they do in WoW? They raid? Yeah, 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 it's, yeah he's, he's, he's a hardcore WoWer. <laughs> uh, that's... That, that's it, that's why he's got hired all these attorneys for his law firm, and so that he can just sit there all day at the at the office and yell at night elves. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no, this, this is the issue. Like that, so it used to be in New York State that if you want to change affiliation, uh, you whenever you when you put your uh, affiliation change in, as long as it was like two weeks before the general election in November, it wouldn't take place until after the next general election. Right. And so like and if you were like, you know, if you if you're like, hey, like if you woke up the day before the general election, you're like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm changing parties. Guess what? You're waiting more than a year. And finally, the state was like, hey, like that's pretty anti-democratic. Like people should be allowed to change their affiliation more than, you know, once a year, uh, you know, and they should be able to do different things. And so it's, it's part of the like, you know, you know, expanded voting hours, the electronic poll books, you know. That the you, you know it used to be like if you wanted to register to vote you had to be registered much more before the election. New York State's working closer towards like same day registration, right? Um, and but one of the arguments uh, that people always made, generally conservatives, mm-hmm. Republicans and conservative parties, uh, uh, and the Right to Life Party when it existed, right. where it was that like if you allow people to change their affiliation and not wait through the election cycle. What's going to happen is people will change their affiliation for a primary, yep, and raid the party and vote for a candidate that you know we don't want, and and then you know and then you know we'll have you know sad faces, I guess you know we'll, like we'll you know we will cry, and it'll be it'll be you know we'll we'll put on the Pagliacci uh, makeup. Uh, I mean, and speaking of anti-democratic, I mean, <laughs> Ralph Larigo literally wants the um town of evans to overturn their election results yeah so there was so we 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 had talked about this at the time that there were some concerns with the conservative party in the town of evans that yes we had some invaders that were coming in and you know switching party affiliations solely to vote in the conservative party primary and you know blocked them from voting that town supervisor race uh which ended up being a very close race um that in fact, hinged on a lot of these votes and these people that, you know, swap party affiliations. So now they're trying to get them to throw out the whole damn result. Well, part of his problem is, too, is like that the, the per- person who won, like, wasn't a real conservative. But, you know, in order to run in a position, you have to have the foresight to switch your party ahead of time. You can't, you know, you, so, so that person had to switch uh, affiliation to get there because, you know, I'm sure. Ralph, as county chairman, didn't sign the Wilson Pakula to give them the line that they weren't a registered member of, you know. But also, like, you know, Ralph, you know, going back twenty years ago, he didn't have any problems with party rating when the conservatives and the Republicans worked together to constitute the Erie County Independence Party Committee, so that the Independence Party, which at that time was controlled by the State Independence Party, and often gave the endorsements in Erie County to. Democrats or democratically uh, Democrat aligned individuals, you know, you know Ralph and you know, uh, Tony Orsini and Tom Pacararo and Ralph Moore worked together and 
got a bunch of people. They this time that they had the foresight to make sure to do them a, a year ahead of time. Yeah, and you know, got like you're know, like all these like Republican elected officials. All their fucking kids were registered independents, and they all ran for committee. And they constituted a committee so they could take the control of the of the county committee away from the state so that they could get the endorsements for their candidates in, in Erie County. He didn't have any problems with party rating then when right. he was doing it. No, I mean, look, this town of Evans conservative primary came down to two votes. Literally two votes was the uh, margin, mm -hmm. which is insane. I've never even heard of an election being that close, even on a primary level. Um, the concern going forward is not just this town of Evans race, but it's really trying to keep the viability of minor parties, such as the conservative party, um, moving forward. Because and look, if you're Ralph Larigo and you're like, well, shit, if they can just kind of party hop and switch over, what what is it that I do here? Well, I mean, he, he's not worried about the the like the legitimacy or like the independence of the parties. He's only worried about his him party. Like, sure, he he doesn't <laughs> give a shit if like the Democratic Party take over takes over working families. That would never be a, like, it, it, and he's not even really worried about the Democrats taking over the Conservative Party. What he's worried about is ECGOP neutering him and taking over the because like you know as we've seen like going back to when Paladino ran for governor. The Conservative Party, you know, with Mike Long at the state and Ralph here in Erie County, you know, they've been the tail wagging the Republican dog a lot of times because they jump out ahead, give their endorsement. And and then, like, you know, the Republicans are like, I, I guess this is who we endorse now because, like, it's our only shot of winning is to be on the same line. You know, I mean, you know, that's how Zeldin got the, you know, the nod for, like, the governor's race, you know. Ralph is, you know, he's worried about like losing influence. It, if Ralph, if Ralph, and the chairman of the Erie County Conservative Party wasn't able to be as influential as they are, his son wouldn't be a state supreme court judge right now. No, you know, no, his daughter-in-law may or may not be, you know, you know, the leading candidate for that county ledge race. No, he, and, and it's funny again. He has some problems with like, you know. Republicans or Democrats like joining the like the conservative party and Evans so that they could, you know, raid that race and that town race. But he, he's got no issue with the people who were members of the conservative party who this year switched their affiliation, you know, to like Republican to help his daughter-in-law win the Republican primary. Jim, I think Ralph Larigo should go down to the Moe's pop-up and have a flaming Moe. <laughs> It might help him relax a little mm -hmm. bit. He's just too worked up. So, yes, we have... <laughs> it, it's like a traveling uh, pop-up, right? Is that yeah, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, they, yeah. They go from, like, city to city. I, um, I, I mean, realistically, they, they should be doing... You know, Lionel Hutz trying to sell some monorail makes more sense as going city to city than the most tavern pop-up. I don't know. I, I read about it. I saw the prices. I was like, this is fucking insane. Like, it's probably garbage food, garbage drinks, and it looks super fucking expensive. And like, if you want anything besides beer, you have to order it before you go. Like, you have to order ahead of time. Do they do they also do like Uncle Mo's family feed bag? I, w I wish. <laughs> He's got to wear the fries on his head. That's yeah. It's gonna. Be, that's yeah. Where, where uh, you know, former Governor Andrew Cuomo comes out dressed as Mo Sizlak with the fries on his head. Look at me. It's Unky Mo. <laughs> if I'm not smiling, it's free. Yeah. Yeah, or he's also like goes into the back room and pops open the crates and tells the pandas to get out. It's over. 
<laughs> immigrants. I knew it was his immigrants. <laughs> oh, God. We could do Mo's. Mo impressions all day. That'd be pretty fun for the audience. Yeah, just all the all the, the favorite, you know, most is like stuff. Just a, looking for a huge ass. God, that was such a great. It, it's so effective, like so simple, but so effective as a bitch. Just like the Bart's prank calling most yeah. tavern bits. Yeah, I, I, the, yeah. So this most tavern thing is going on to like the seventeenth of this month. It's going on in Williamsville. Uh I would rather see a church burn than go to it. I might check it out. No, that sounds good. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm in the market for like doing cool shit lately. Well, I mean, okay, but like, like I said, you can't just go check it out. You have to go online. Oh, you got to reserve. Yeah. Oh, that's lame. And and when you reserve, you have to be like, all right, I guess when I go in three days, I'm gonna want you know your garbage hamburger and these two drinks. Oh, oh, so you actually have to reserve like the food, everything, everything. Oh, that sucks. The only thing you can just buy, you can just is is their like beer. Is the only thing you can just be like, oh, I guess I want three beers and what I the didn't f- order them. What kind of thing is this? Yeah, well, that's annoying. Yeah, and and also it's like insane prices too. Like, hey, would you like our like guaranteed to be garbage hamburger? It's like twenty seven dollars. Hold on, I hold on. I I'm gonna pull this up. I mean, if they serve like a squishy, no, even that. No, mo- most po- yeah, okay, most pop up in Buffalo. Steel Leaf Brewing, Transit Road, Williamsville. All right, so the food menu, check it out. Okay, so you can get you can get the million dollar birthday fries. Okay. Complete with an American flag picket sparkler. All right, okay, so you can get that. The crusty burger and fries. Uh you can get the tot offensive. Oh, come on. This is all right. All right. Peanut butter. They have something on the menu called peanut butter jelly time. That's not a Simpsons bit. No. That's a family guy bit. You get the fuck out of here with the family. Listen, and I like Family Guy. You can't have that. Oh, all right. You're done. I'm never going to this thing. Right. No way. Right. I mean, the only thing that could possibly be is like if they had so-called iced cream on their menu. <laughs> okay. All right. That, that might have redeemed. No, I'm sorry. Peanut butter jelly time on a Simpsons menu. That is that is blasphemy. Get out of here. Yeah. No, it's uh, the whole thing's garbage. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we have something going on. Sure. That's you know what it's, it's in the right spot. Yeah. You take it. Take that, Williamsville. You keep that shit out there. You keep yeah. that away from me. So, Jim, we're we're not the sports podcast. Yeah. But we are the high school sports podcast. We we are one of the more premier high school sports podcasts in the area. We are the t- amongst the top top high school football podcasts in the area. Right. Yeah. Join us next year for our, our exclusive high school fantasy football league. <laughs> Yeah, Jim. Jim does his scouting reports with all the kids at the high schools who don't buy cigarettes from him. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> he, he knows who to bet against based on the amount of cigarettes that they purchase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's or or who like I was like, like well, this guy only runs like a four four forty, but that, that's literally only if I take a stick and, and dangle a cigarette in front of him, like you know, like some horses with a carrot. But this kid, the cornerback, so like I was like, and his coach just won't let me on the field during games to like get him to run that fast. <laughs> So McKinley Bennett, we had uh, a was it a little was it fisticuffs? Yeah, uh, a little brouhaha. I, I I don't know the total story because I, I saw this last night. Um, there, you know, the game was yesterday, uh, and it had they had a called off. There was a fight in the stands uh, this, between students, um, 
And like the press conference was being held by like the police commissioner. That like it was, that was that big of a deal that they had to like evacuate like the stadium and shut it down. So I'm sure more will come out. Uh, you know, it's a great back to school story. Yeah, this reminds me of back back in my day. Back in my day, though, the annual Bishop Timon and South Park High School, like they'd play each other, you know, every year, and there'd always be like a massive fight. Mm-hmm. And one year there was like a, like a huge like the streets were blocked off cops were all through the neighborhood um true south buffalo excellence yeah well i mean uh this is this is not the first time fights have broken out in the stands at mckinley bennett football games so yeah and then presumably not the last but hopefully everybody's okay you know we got to say that like, yeah yeah no hopefully I mean, none of those shithead kids like hurt each other right you know so uh, i feel bad for like the kids who are just trying to play football I mean, but like, you know, maybe this saved them from having a brain injury. <laughs> right. Instead of getting CTE on the field. Right. You can get in the stands. <laughs> right. Right. Like, you know, you, you can go on the field and like you, you know, spend a bunch of money on getting your own cleats and like a, a mouth guard or, you know, get a dollar of hot chocolate at the uh, commissary and get into a fight in the stands and get your CTA that, that way. Right. You could throw the hot chocolate in somebody's face, use right. it as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Truly, uh, yep. you know. That's how Jason Statham made his career. Yes, that's that's how he got his start. Yep. Jim, I know we talked about this a little before, but it, yep. it's finally happening. Yes. It's fine. Okay. Now, people have built their whole identities around this area code 716. Yeah. I mean, that, I, that's not an exaggeration. Um, 716, being from the 716, mm-hmm. people get tattoos of 716. You know, everything, 716 is a cultural signifier that mm-hmm. you are from Buffalo in western New York. Um, it has been for a very long time. The new area codes are coming. And new phone lines are going to be, was it 642? 624. 624, sorry. Right, because I, I made, when we did it the first time, I made a Chicago joke about it. Yes, 624 Yeah. Um, is going to be rolled out. How are we feeling? Now it's happening. Well, it, it's happening. I, I did uh, see a comment that said, uh, you know, with this, instead of, you know, just 716, July 16th being you know, like Buffalo Day, the period June 24th to July 16th could be like, you know, the Buffalo, like, you know, era, like the... The Buffalo Renaissance celebration. The Buffalo Fortnite or whatever, or it's actually probably closer to a month. So, uh, you know, Rochester has to wait for... Uh, uh, May eighty fifth before they can <laughs> celebrate. <laughs> There's probably uh, an April Ludgate joke in there somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was it was bound to happen inevitably. Time changes, and I don't know. Relative to human history, I mean, we've had phones for you know a hundred ish years. Uh, this this area code thing is within the span of human history, pretty new and exciting. Mm-hmm. So I know it's going to change, but yeah, it is weird. It, it is weird just to live in this time where like 716 has been my whole life. The, again, the cultural signifier for a lot of people in Buffalo. And and now there's something else. Right. I mean, you know, when I, my first cell phone I ever got, I got when I lived in the Hudson Valley. So I did, I had a 518, I think was my area code um, or, or 845 maybe. Um, and so like, you know, and I got a cell phone, it was, you know, 2001, uh, so, you know, pretty new, like, not a lot of people had cell phones yet, 
And I remember I moved back to Buffalo and like somebody was asking for my number and I, they didn't realize I was giving them the air code first. And they're like, that's too many numbers. I was like, because it's not 716 area code. And it's like, that's going to be something like you still, there's a lot of people who are like, they just assume that people have 716 area codes around here. And with a new area code in the area is going to start catching them off guard. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a fascinating point too, because the area code itself was not, I, I think in line with the 716 becoming the cultural signifier was the fact that you started to become required to put in area codes. Cause yeah. for a very long time, it was just, you could dial the number sans area code and it would automatically connect to that area code. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not no more. Well, well yeah. I mean, it's well, local calls, right? Well, local. That's what I mean. But, and that's, that's why like bigger cities, you know, area codes have always been, you know, more like, you know, took on more cultural importance earlier, right? Like, you know, 212 being Manhattan, 718 is Brooklyn, uh, you know, and those like numbers you know, really took on a lot more significance pretty early on uh, because there was a lot of other area codes in the area, even relatively local calls. Uh, you, know, you know, 585 has been around for a while now, but like, you know, it, Rochester and like, you know, the, that southern tier area that used 585 used to be 716 at one point. Yeah. You know? Uh, so I, I mean, I, yeah, I guess like, Syracuse is three one five, like yeah, that, you know, yeah, Albany is five one eight, I think. Uh, yeah, um, like I said, I I, I had eight four, uh, I think I had eight four five, or I might have had nine one four. I don't know. There's a couple different area codes in the Hudson Valley area. Um, so and then obviously once you get to the boroughs, there's just a fucking million area codes. Yeah, but I mean, the seven one six being the area code about like. A city or like a metro or whatever, because 716 goes out to pretty much the whole region up and, you know, till you hit Rochester, right? Like it goes all through the southern tier, uh, um, right? Well, it, 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 Cattaraugus and Chautauqua County, yes. Uh, and maybe some of Cat County maybe might be 585. Allegheny is 585 now for the most part. Okay. Uh, and so like... You know, Genesee, Orleans, Wyoming, Livingston are almost all are a lot of them are five eight five. Like th- those are like blended counties. I'm just saying, like it is one of the few cultural things that you could get somebody from you know the southern tier and from the east side of Buffalo to agree upon. Yeah, they were from the seven one six. So yeah, these things are inevitably going to change. So, but I, speaking of, of like since we just did like a, a quick New York State geography, I, I want to talk. I've seen going off the board a little bit. I've seen. Uh, increase um, when I'm driving through Niagara County in those divide New York signs. Okay. Which, uh, you know, is like something that shithead uh, Dave DiPietro pushes every year. Uh, so I looked at their website to see, like, just how bad would it be for upstate New York? And so that they, they, well, they, they kind of acknowledge that, like, you know, they can't get rid of, they can't make it to states because the Congress won't do it. Mm-hmm. But, like, if they could, there, uh, it, the the five boroughs of the city would be one, Westchester, Rockland, and Long Island, which don't even touch each other, and, and continues would be a different state, and then the other fifty five counties upstate would be a different state. Uh, so I want to see like because like you know because like these, their, their argument is always like well you know, like if we didn't have to pay for everything in New York City we'd we'd be so much better off because they don't understand how money works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I looked I was like you know. Okay, if I eliminate Rockland, Westchester, Nassau, Suffolk, and the five uh, the boroughs, what is the per capita GDP of the rest of the counties, and how does it rank 
compared to current U.S. states. Interesting. Okay. So where do you think, once we eliminate you know, those four counties and the, the and New York City, what do you think the per capita GDP would like? Where would it rank? Like, what states would it be near, and what mm. what rank would it be? Mm. Okay, so Jesus, I mean, I'm trying to think because in my head, I'm like, oh, there's like a lot of these you know flyover states that do nothing, but in, but but actually, they they probably have a fairly high GDP just because they you know if they have farming, right? That brings in a lot of money. What the fuck does these other counties in New York actually do? Like, what I, do we I, do here? I, I'll tell you. What. It'll be easier to name the states that would be behind us <laughs> than ahead of us. Oh my god! So are we in the bot? I'm assuming we're in the bottom like tenth at least, right? Well, it's actually so easy. There's actually would only be one state behind us, and we'd be closer to them than to the state ahead of them. Oh god! Uh, upstate New York per capita GDP, um, like 2022 numbers would be just ahead of Mississippi and would be closer to Mississippi than West Virginia, which would be ahead of us. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. So, like, we're like, oh, well, we, we live in a wealthy state, not because of us. If you're one of these shitheads making this argument, you might argue, like, oh, well, if we're our own state, then we can pursue our own business interests. Or, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's I mean, some, some whole like convoluted theory about how this would make us better, but you're right. It is absolutely no, it's, it's, yeah, asinine. It's, right. It's, it's you're, you're like, yeah, okay. Like, sure. Like you know, just like Mississippi and West Virginia, like it's not going to happen. You know, like, you know, all, all that the money and the income is going to be based around New York city is literally the financial capital of the world. And you want to get rid of it and make you to make your state better. What's going to end up happening is like, we would lose all the services we have in the state and taxes would have to skyrocket. Yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, I mean it's uh, like you know because like you know, uh like Rockland West like those the, those parts that they say they want to divide generate like over seventy percent of all the state income taxes that New York collects, but the percentage that they they generate of like sales tax and like hotel use fees and all that stuff is way fucking higher than even seventy percent that the, like of the state's revenues. You know, people like to listen. I get it. America is it the the most perfect place in the world? No. But what it's not is like it's not Europe or it's not parts of like, you know, Eastern Europe or other countries where I don't want to see you constantly have like separatist movements or whatever. But in America, like yeah, you know, is Texas going to secede? Okay, whatever. And there's this nonsense in New York. You see some of it in California based politically, but nobody ever takes it seriously and it's not based like it's 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 mostly built on like you know just wild like absolutely batshit insane people who are like yeah yeah. we want to separate we want we want to divide up the the state we want to whatever i i get it there's ethno-nationalist things in in parts of europe that we've had you know small microstates develop um whole different ball game but i'm just saying like we don't see a ton of that here in the United States, hardly ever. I mean, you you see it in a lot of the Great Lakes states. I mean, like it's it comes up a lot in Minnesota politics. It comes up a lot in Wisconsin politics. It comes up a lot in Indiana politics. Uh, but but it's always, you know, rural, highly white areas want to get rid of the ethnically diverse cities. Right, and it's it's cranks, right? And we don't take it seriously because we know, like, if you're a reasonable person in the state of New York, you're like, okay. 
So what is what would happen if we separated from New York City? And the answer is, you know, absolute ruin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that, absolute total annihilation. Right. Ruin. Right. I mean, like, like I said, like we'd be we, we'd we'd be not dead last thanks to Mississippi, and but we'd be closer to Mississippi than we'd be to West Virginia. Uh, Western New York, we're better than Mississippi. Only barely, just, barely, only just, barely, only just yeah. better than Mississippi. So right, yeah, that's we we got an F plus. <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah, last thing on the big board, Jim, is uh, you know we we do have in Cheektowaga a town supervisor's race that is continuing to heat up. Yeah, it's probably the you know outside the county executive race. I mean. In, it's probably actually more competitive than the county executive race is right now, but it's the other big race happening right uh, this year is the uh, Nowak Jasinski race. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so like it's heated up a little bit recently. Um, Jasinski's lobbying like crazy attacks at Nowak all the time. Uh, but you know, the Jasinski working with the town supervisor, they, they looked to appoint somebody onto the town ethics board. And this is, we've been all over this in the Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and, you know, Brian brought up, you know, like, hey, you know, up until recently, this person who you want to put on our town ethics board was flying a Confederate flag in their yard. You know, and like, you know, free speech is, you know, one thing, but like, this isn't, you know, like, this is a, an ethics role. This is a town role. I don't think that's the type of person that we should have on our ethics board. Um, and, you know, Luckily, like the town board voted against putting this on, but it was close. It was four to three. It wasn't like, it wasn't like everybody was like, "Oh yeah, you're right. That's a good point." Oh, I, I see. This has come to light now. That person should not be allowed. Yeah. It's like, well, let's really think about it. Right, and like Jasinski was basically like, you're like, well, but you're like, don't you think racists should have a spot at the table? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so. Full disclosure, of course, we are in the tank for our friend Brian Noack. I, I mean, I just said I was at his fundraiser. You know, we are, we are, we've got. I'm looking at a Brian Noack sign here in the Snake Pit. Um, we've had him on the show a bunch of times, so you know, t- take a, take away what you will from us being decidedly Brian Noack. Uh, that being said, I mean, guys, making a point, he's making a point. Yeah. You you probably don't want somebody who flies a Confederate flag on your ethics committee. Just probably, you're, I'm all for free speech. I'm all for, you know, say whatever the hell you want, um, open discourse. But and this is not a reasonable person who you'd want we, deciding ethics matters. Even when we we, we, be, we we officially become North Mississippi, we still don't want somebody who flew a Confederate flag on our ethics board. Yeah. Yeah. They don't even like it down there anymore. <laughs> even like uh, all the universities down there, they're changing the away from the confederate flag so I mean, not will miss but i mean well, you know so uh some. one of the things i want to bring uh speaking of like things that you can do culture uh ub announced this distinguished speaker series for yes. the rest of this year and next year uh the first person coming up is amy schneider she's the 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 longtime jeopardy champ she won like 40 times yes um you know i you know, probably would be very entertaining to go see stay out of the comments section it's just as much of a dumpster fire as you might expect yes um, after that, there's going to be it's going to be two Nicholas Thompson, who's the CEO of the Atlantic, and uh, Nita Farahani, who is a Duke law professor, are going to be talking about like AI and technology. Okay, uh, so that sounds potentially interesting. Uh, Heather McGee, uh, who wrote the Some of Us, has the Some of Us podcast. 
Um, you know, she's you know, a political activist, political consultant, um, and she she focuses on how to help like you know marginalized or communities, especially people of color, become activists and and you know grab their voice in the political process. And then the last one is Amanda Gorman, who you might recognize as the U.S.'s only youth po- poet laureate and who read the poem at uh, Biden's inauguration. Pretty cool. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, looking for things to do. Also, like, there's a lot of great concerts coming up. Yeah. So Borderlands Festival is coming up. I think it's next weekend. I think so. Um, right. So that's... Uh, you know, the big festival out in East Aurora, Knox yep. Farms. Yep. Um, everybody, everybody, maybe I'll go to that next weekend, honestly. I, I was looking I, for something to do. Uh, I, I I think next Saturday I will probably be at Jackrabbit. Our friend Roger Bryan is playing at Jackrabbit. Shit. Uh, so I, I might go to that. Um, like the week after that, Diggable Planets is at Town Ballroom. Yeah, we've got Peter Gabriel. Just the big names. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stevie Nicks, Shania Twain uh, are coming up within like the next uh, 30 to 45 days. I mean, Of Montreal is next week. Uh, yes. Broken Social Scene's next month. Yeah, Broken Social Scene show is sold out. Yeah. Um, yeah, Of Montreal is at Ironworks. Oh, I'm probably going to go see. I'm going to go to see that for sure. I fucking love Of Montreal. Uh, yeah, Borderland. Ooh, they're doing. Oh. There's a oh, there's a Barbie disco next weekend at Town Ballroom. That sounds kind of sick. Yeah. Uh, what else? Dig- yeah, Diggable Planets. Um, Peter Gabriel. Damn, dude. There's a lot. There is a lot of really cool concerts coming through. The old ninety sevens are coming to Rec Room. Yep. Oh shit. Dope. Oh. Stevie Nicks. Oh, the Midnight. Oh, the Midnight's coming to Babeville? Oh, oh that oh, be... uh, And Baroness is coming, too. Oh, my God. Yo, we live... Dude, this is, this is like... Listen, again, this goes back to our discussion about the Buffalo Renaissance. Okay, I get it, whatever. There's a ton of cool shit. We get a lot of cool concerts nowadays. Listen, we've always had good music come through here, but I feel like we are getting way more good... The amount of concerts that we've had this year... I feel like would be at least three years worth of concerts, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. I, I, I do think that um, we're getting more concerts that I'll, I think in the past would have stopped in Rochester and used that as their like upstate New York stop. Um, and instead they're like, well, you know, like, you know, because now that Southern Ontario is so enormous and like they'd rather come to Buffalo and the Rochester people will travel here. The Syracuse people might travel here. But it, it basically gives them a second Southern Ontario show. Oh, the U's just coming to Riverworks? That's Tuesday? Oh, man. Everclear's coming to Town Ballroom? Oh, my God. Wow. So this is really going to be a dividing line for, like, early millennials versus late millennials. So that night, there's Everclear in the Ataris. is at Town Ballroom. And at Riverworks is the used and Sleeping with Sirens. That is, like, a dividing line between... Millennials versus like, like, uh, geriatric millennials versus like, uh, younger millennials who are emo. Yeah, uh, Everclear was my very first show I ever saw. Saw them at Showplace Theater. Damn, 
I uh, I would I am not interested in ever going to see them again. Actually, I saw them a second time, and it was because they played Bonaventure, and uh, I have a you know I was let's say friendly acquaintance, uh, somebody I was friends with growing up, who wanted loves Everclear, still loves Everclear to this day. So they wanted to come to Bonaventure to see Everclear, and I was like, yeah, you can you can stay at my apartment. I'm not going to go to the show, and they're like, what? I so they're like, I can't go to the show by myself. I was like, I want to see Everclear. I'm like, well, what if I buy your ticket? I was like. And also some beers. <laughs> you really got to convince me here. Yeah. Like, like it's a, I, I am not interested in watching Art Alexicus, you know, sing basically the same song like 13 times in a row. I will buy you a new house. I don't know what the, I forget the lyrics. Of that uh, song. Yeah. I buy a new house in Santa Monica. That There it is. There it is. So. Well, that is this week's episode of The Square. Thank you all for uh, listening and supporting us. Sorry we were out of commission last week. It's the holidays. We take prigs, too. Yeah. All right? You know, being in the content game, we are we are uh, putting the hard work. So we took off for Labor Day. We're back here laboring, of yep. course, because uh, this this content, uh, you know, farm. Yep. We gotta we gotta keep it keep it growing, baby. Um, but if you like us, if you really like us, you could do a couple things. You could join the Discord, um, which is always a, a source of you know uh, good times, interesting debates, and Nate McMurray content. So the Square Discord, you can join it. Join us. You could also yeah, you could follow us on Twitter. I don't, we don't really post on Twitter too much. We just kind of update the episodes and stuff. Um, but you know, worth a follow if that's, or I'm sorry, X. You could follow us on X if you want. Um, and if you really like us, if you are like, hey, I am a cold, hard capitalist and I like to support the things that I like with money, with dollars, you could support our beer fridge fund um, or just, you know, give us money for what we do here uh, at Patreon. And I think it's the Square Podcast on Patreon. Could be. Could be. Yeah. But you could find us where, like I said, we're Buffalo's only high school. Sorry, Buffalo's premier high school football podcast, yeah. along with other stuff that we talk about. So, yeah, you can give us money, um, however much you want. We're not, you know, we're not going to tell you how much you need to spend. But eh, the the more the just like the, just like the Supreme Court, Jim, the more money you spend, you know, I I, I was going to go with like a corporations or people joke, but just give us money if you yeah. want <laughs> or don't. I don't care. Uh, and speaking of uh, spending money. Uh you know, get it, if you're on the Discord, uh, it's, I'm planning, I'm starting to plan the Christmas party again this year. Yes. So you have ideas, you have input, you have things you want to see, things you want us to incorporate, things you want us to never do again, uh, like, like wing in a box. Uh, let me know. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably ignore what you say, but like, you know, at least you, you just like voting, you've had your voice heard. Yes. So until next time, that's it. With Let's Go Pills, I wanted to make a beer that was similar to the beers I grew up drinking in, in the tailgate. And I wanted a clear American lager that was crisp and, and just really sharp. It, it takes the classic American lager and, it, and we, we showcase craft ingredients made by locals, made by fans, uh, to be shared by fans. Bring community to all that you do and good things happen.